We have come here today to remember before God our brothers, the Maccabees, to give thanks for their life and to commend them to God, our merciful Redeemer and Judge, to commit their body to be cremated and to comfort one another in our grief. God of all consolation, your son Jesus Christ was moved to tears at the grave of the Maccabees, his friends. Look with compassion on your children in their loss and give to their troubled hearts the light of hope and the strength in us of the faith. In Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. So for people who don't know, we join you today on what is a very sad, sad day for us here at Trax. I'm Tim. I am Harry. And we're heartbroken. Broken hearts everywhere. Because today, the 8th of August, 8-8, as we will call it from now on. Yeah. 2016. The worst year ever. There's a nice symmetry to that number, though, isn't there? 8-8-16. Maybe the way... Oh, yeah. They did that on purpose. Yeah. So, today is the day that the Maccabees split up. Yeah. Our loves... And um, me and Tim mentioned earlier, I may have even mentioned earlier (laughs) in previous episodes, or at least one, that what would I do if the Maccabees split up? Yeah, you said like... Because I've talked about older bands splitting up and our mums and dads and stuff liking people and then them not having that band around anymore. Bands that we love tend to still be a band at the moment. And I've always just thought, oh, I won't be able to cope when the Maccabees do that. But, you know, long time, long time yeah, until that'll happen. Yeah. And then I I think I woke up today. It was a general, just a normal Monday. Mondays are never too good. but um, And we had a conversation on WhatsApp. And my brother said words that still shock me and haunt me to this the day. And it is the same day at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Apparently the Maccabees have called it a day, and I straight on my phone, straight onto Google. Yeah. Just I just put in the Maccabees in Google, and the first thing was enemies. The Maccabees have split up. I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing when I saw the message. I thought, "What was he on about?" And I, th- I even even after he said they called it a day, I just thought he meant like a hiatus, like a couple of years, and yeah. and the new album wasn't going to be. As soon as we hoped, but it would come eventually. Longer than the last gap we had. No, it's over. Mm. It's a strange moment. Somehow, I'm looking outside at the cars going past and wondering why the world is still turning. Yeah, I think <laughs> more people should be bothered by this. It feels like a, like a breakup or a bereavement. It really does in a really weird way. It, I've never been this sad about a band Breaking up before? Never in my life. Well, it's my number one band of all time. Yeah. A band that means more to me than anyone. And I've obviously said why before. Um, and I, I put a little thing up on Instagram. And all the people that have liked it. Everyone that has kind of... That I've shared some kind of memory or moment about the Maccabees. Or at least we have a bit of a mutual love for them. Has also felt the, the dagger. Yeah. Like this split. I I don't think, and you know, 2016 has been a big year for uh, musical sadness. Mm. I don't think my dad 
texts me when Bowie died. I don't think he texts me when Prince died. He did text me today and say, he said, get the Kleenex ready for tomorrow's podcast because of the Maccabees. Like, it is just one of those things. It, people yeah. saw the news and <clears throat> knew our sadness was... Absolutely. I've had people um, texting me that they haven't said, have you seen the news? They're just saying, you're right. I think it's like, they understand how terrible this is. Yeah. It's like um, Adam Buxton, one of our favourite podcasters, he, on his um, Bowie podcast, he said the day Bowie died, he um, he was sort of walking down his road as his wife drove back in. And um, she didn't say anything. She didn't say Bowie's name or anything. Just held his arm and said, are you okay? And it's like that. People don't need to say, yeah. are you okay about the news? It's just like, are you okay? Yeah. Um, but as is always the best uh, course of action, we are going to put the fun in funeral, <laughs> and we're going to try and have a. Said <laughs> I never said that before. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Didn't make that up. I wish I did. Oh yeah. Um, but this episode is absolutely dedicated to the Maccabees. Um, we're going to talk about our favourite memories, our moments, our songs. And and if you don't like them, imagine your favourite band splitting up. Yeah. Or maybe they already have. Yeah. Or you can empathise with this. Yeah. Or if you don't like them, choose now to say they've only got a four album catalogue. Go and listen to it all and realise you're wrong. Because <laughs> they're great. <laughs> and just listen to this and yeah. yeah, you won't have to listen to them again in the future. So give us your time and your ears and your brain and yeah. we will turn your opinion around yeah so without further ado let's get in to the episode absolutely done see you on the sad side (laughs) shall we begin So 14th of May, 2007. The day before Jack's birthday. Wow. Isn't that crazy as well? Yeah. Because uh, for both of us, our experience of the Maccabees, Jack is absolutely integral to that history, that story. Um, Yeah, 14th of May, Colour It In comes out. Yeah. One of the most important albums certainly in my life. Probably in yours too. Absolutely. Almost certainly. For me, that summer... It was the summer after leaving secondary school, just about to go into college. So a really important, formative summer for you anyway. It's a long one. You've got It's the first time in your life you've had that much time and that much freedom. I was the end of year nine, so I was choosing my options. Yeah. <laughs> also important. Yeah, I chose the wrong ones, if anyone wants to know. <laughs> Didn't we all? Yeah. But it doesn't matter, kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, this album comes out. Can you remember your first memories of any songs or any anything from it? Yes, X-Ray was the first thing I heard um, from a enemy compilation album thing for that, the beginning of that. I think it must have been... So the album came out in May and I probably had the album... So a single must have come out beforehand. So X-Ray, most likely one of the singles, must have come out before and this was on there. Yeah. So I must have... 
pretty much listened to that as soon as the album came out. Yeah. So um, that's my first memory, X-Ray, listening to that. Along with, I think, I won't be able to t- say exactly, but it's around the era of, what's the, what's that coming over the hill? Who was that? The Automatic. The Automatic, yeah. Around that lot. And I think yeah. the Cribs might have been on there and a few other. Yeah, I think the New Fellas came out. Yeah. If not that same summer, then certainly around the time. Yeah, it was certainly around there. Bombay Bicycle Club, a big, big one for me, I think, were a few, maybe a year or two yeah, after. Yeah, not quite that time, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this that was the first memory I have. Yeah. Like I think I just had an iPod video at the time. Yeah. One of the ones like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a thing. Some people will, will most of you will remember this, but it was a big deal, the gigabyte of what iPod you got. Yeah. Because it would be like how many songs me and Jack would be like, How many songs is it? Thirty thousand. What about you? Oh, only sixteen thousand. Ah Who ever thinks that now when they buy an iPod? They they don't it's just kind of that's not thought of yeah but memory was a big deal it was a big deal yeah yeah especially with all these Maccabee songs on there <laughs> so many you needed to eventually accommodate <laughs> yeah we'll come on to them all uh, my I think my it's funny because they're a new band at the time you don't you don't necessarily think at the time how important it's gonna, that album's going to become to you you just think oh I really like this band and I'm really into it and that's kind of uh, the extent of your thought I think um, but certainly I remember that was also the summer that I got my first ever girlfriend. Um, so I remember about your dress being like quite, uh, kind of one of our songs because it's like, it's just what all young lovers do. It's like, it felt very, um, sort of potent to where I was in my life. And then obviously you've got the kind of the other end of it where I think, Every young couple who were into indie music at that time, uh, Toothpaste Kisses became a bit of an anthem for us. I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. And certainly with, you know, with you and Jack specifically, so many parties and whatever else, we get to kind of two o'clock in the morning uh, and as the mood starts to, maybe three o'clock in the morning, as the mood starts to sort of mellow out and we are sort of coming towards the end of the night... There's often an arms around a shoulder moment, especially in our teenage years. Mm. And we'd all sing toothpaste kisses together and we'd even whistle together. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and it sounds ridiculous and sad now to think of it, but toothpaste kisses has always been a huge one for me. But I think loads of things as I was getting to know the bands, it was in loads of adverts at the time. Yeah. I was learning guitar at this very point. So I... Even now, I went to Jack's flat, picked up uh, Hannah's guitar, his girlfriend, and I just up, I play that song every single time I pick up a guitar. I play yeah. that song because it was the first song I pretty much ever learned. Yeah, and, I remember, and it's I really remember, easy. But like, that's all I do. <laughs> I remember one of your New Year's parties, you playing it and being very, very impressed. I, I, I you know, as a non-guitar player, to me, I played it's that just to like, people. Everyone was in the room, and you were just, you were. Sort of taking requests a little drunk, God, because yeah, I can't remember that. You were definitely drunk. <laughs> it was also you did a great Stevie Wonder impression that night as well. But, I remember that, yeah. But we'll leave that bit out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, as you say, absolutely love this album. But is there a certain song that, uh, if you have to pick one, and yeah. we, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna pick a song each from each album, yeah. 
and it's going to be really difficult and it's listeners should know difficult. that we basically want to pick every song from every Sophie's album. Sophie's Choice, every single one. <laughs> yeah. But is there one that you're going to take? I think I'm going to go with... It's oh, so hard, isn't it? It's ridiculous. It's like... Um... I want... Right, okay, I just... Two-Face Kiss is big one for me. Not going to choose it just because I want someone to hear... Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, choosing which uh, clothes to bury a relative in. It's like... Yeah. I don't want to have to make this choice. I want them to still be here. Is... Uh... Obviously, I got a little bit um, scared there, but um, a song that, like, basically, I could have picked—you could have picked everything. Any you of don't these songs. You need to tell us what you could have picked. It's really hard. I wanted to go through the whole album. I'm going with "Good Old Bill," and I didn't think I was going to pick this. Yeah. But I was trying to th- remember these lyrics that I liked, and I really like them. Um, and it's the opening track to the album, so this potentially. For most people, it would have been the first thing you ever heard of the Maccabees. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, I, I it's, want people it's to nice to bookmark first. it as well with the very first album track yeah. they ever put out. That's a nice way to start it. Yeah. Let's give people... Let's listen to it. So, yeah, I could have picked anything. I went with that because the lyrics are always something I really always remember. The um, So I went down to Sherry's Mod Suits and Paul Weller, all pork pies and rain, dro- and drain pipes <laughs> to wear in all weather. For some reason, I thought, I love singing that little verse. It's because it's, it's a bit of a... Raindrops to wear in all weather. I just, I like, yeah. I like it's it. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. And obviously because of yeah. Orlando's delivery, it's like a little bit difficult to know what he's saying. So if you do know, you feel really yeah. in with the Maccabees. So. Yeah. And they never play this live. I think I've heard it live before. Yeah. But obviously this is an Early older days. one. So. And raise whiskey, raise beer, the old boy is not here. Yeah. Just love it a lot. If oh, I go through it, even if it's shuffle, if I like put the whole lot on shuffle and this one comes on, there's something about this one that I really, really enjoy. It's an album I couldn't, I physically couldn't put on shuffle because, you know, yeah, you know those albums where like when it, when one song finishes, you're already singing the next one because you know exactly yeah. what is coming next. Yeah, but before it actually comes in. It's just, it's too, it's too ingrained. It's so in there. Yeah. Yeah. I do that all the time when people do have, like, if playlists and stuff, yeah. and a song ends, I'm in the background singing <laughs> the next one, and there's yes. actually some other random song on, I'm just like, yeah. yeah, I love it. But yeah, good old Bill, good old Maccabees, Incredible. I'm going with that. Incredible choice. Um, So, even though it's the hardest task ever, you've obviously done this as well, so your choice. Despite how much I love this album, mm-hmm. my choice is actually... Uh, really quite easy. Okay. Purely because um, when I turned 21, my mum made like a little photo montage video thing 
of like all pictures from when I was growing up. Um, so from when I'm a tiny little baby, till grown into a strapping young man, and the song playing in the background is "Precious Time." And uh, yeah, and I remember that on the morning of my twenty-first birthday, coming down and they played it to me, and I started crying, and then my mum started crying, and it's like it's just like an important. Uh, I mean, it's a song I adore anyway. Yeah. Like, I loved it before that. I would have loved it without that. But uh, I couldn't really pick anything else because it just feels like an important moment in my life. Your 21st birthday is a big deal. You're a grown man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Not only am I going to play Precious Time, I'm going to show Harry the video of me being a little white-haired, well, actually bald for absolutely ages. I'm a tiny little Harry Hill for quite a long time. <laughs> and then I'm a little white-haired boy. And then, fortunately, I think a lot of my embarrassing teenage years are left out, despite the fact that you saw them anyway. Yeah. No one needs to be reminded of... Um, so no. God knows what I became for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Precious Time, my favourite. And if you want to... I don't know if I want to say this. <laughs> Maybe I will. Uh, if you want to watch a video of me growing up you can search on youtube for tim space dash space the first 21 years yeah and try and find me i don't know if i'll be the first result but if i am i'm at the moment making a video of the last four years really of your life yeah oh nice what's the theme track theme tune to that it's precious time again is it yeah it's basically i thought it'd be uh hanny el khatib die alone Uh, I actually haven't got much footage yet of the last four years, but I've got you sitting in the chair now. Yeah. You've got so... you've got that... Um, do you remember the early tracks episode where we uh, just, for some reason, set a camera up on a tripod and danced around my living room for a bit? Yeah. And there's a great moment where I blow a kiss into the lens. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'd put it on YouTube, but as ever, I didn't. Um... Good. I don't want it on YouTube. <laughs> but you can use that in the video. Oh, I didn't like those videos. I thankfully never had to watch them. Oh, God. <laughs> Show me this one, though. Okay. Precious time, everybody. Pound for pound and cheek to cheek Cheek paler than the lamplight Tame it down to light the box We'll play super scale electrics That was my whole life uh, to a Maccabee theme tune, which I think if you need something that summarises um, how important this band are to me and how much my... F- everyone who knows me knows how important they are to me as well. The fact I was just thinking this I as... I grew up to a Maccabee soundtrack. Yeah. Like, we really did. Like, when I was getting to the point where I was starting to like music or actually give a... just give a damn about it, they were like one of the first things I ever picked up. Yeah. They've literally been at the beginning of my journey. Yeah. That's why not having them... Yeah, that that's kind of why it feels so future. sad. It's like, oh my God, this is like the end of a bit of a road. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's kind of... They're not dead. So you can kind of not ball and absolutely not leave your room for weeks. But 
I still feel like a huge part of my life is different now. It's like... I'm know. not going to have this time when I get really excited for a Maccabees album and I invest in them more than anyone. Yeah, and it's not. It's also not like, you know, else. to use like the Smiths as an example. Yeah, Morrissey's made, gone and made some great stuff, but no one's as excited for a Morrissey album as they were for a Smiths album. And we'll listen to whatever Orlando or Felix or Hugo or anyone goes and does next, but... We'll never be as excited for an Orlando Weeks solo record as we will be for a Maccabees album. No, not in the it's just not. It's just not the same. It's never going to be the same, Harry. I know. I don't know what to do. <sighs> They've been the one constant in my life. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was a baby when they, when it started, and now I'm an old man. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um. So let's move on to Wall of Arms. Yeah, and. I can't, I think it must have been college for me. 2009. 2009. So it was literally when, so when you were starting college, you had Colour It In, and when I was starting college, I had Wall of Arms. Yeah. That's why, if anything, Wall of Arms is my top Maccabees album. It's interesting because a lot of, um, and (laughs) I think as you, if you didn't know already, you're going to learn through this episode, it's very clear that we're not the casual Maccabees fan. But a lot of casual Maccabees fans, first album is the peak for them. Yeah. And they kind of think it all goes downhill from there. Yeah. Which couldn't be more fundamentally wrong. <laughs> I think. Although, you know, all music is subjective, blah, blah, blah. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. That was not their peak. I think the Maccabees are a great advocate for how some bands aren't afraid to be different for the next album and they succeed. I know a lot of people don't like the new album. We won't get into that quite yet. But I know that every time they've gone forward a year or an album, I think they improve and they get better and they change and they keep all the good stuff and they throw out the old and they just move on. Yeah. Although, you know, what I will say, and like I say, we'll get to the rest eventually. What I will say is I think uh, both of us although you being slightly younger, two years younger. We got the kind of um, fun, super fun, catchy indie bit of the Maccabees when that was what we were going to be receptive to. And then the more interesting, complex, adult, mature Maccabees when we were ready for that as well. You know, we were very perfectly placed. Had, you know, had the latest album come out when I was 17 I don't think I would have connected yeah. with it the way I did at you know whether I was 24 mm. so there is that I've tried to introduce um, people into the Maccabees shout out Louise um Midgey <laughs> <laughs> I've shown people the Maccabees and they can't quite get on board and I think it's because you have to some bands you have to start at the beginning you have to grow with them. Of course. It's like I can't get into certain people right now because I just haven't been at the, the start of their growth. Yeah. And we should point out now as well the fact that um, you know, as their albums went on, they became more a London band. Yeah. But before we move on completely from Colour In, they were a Brighton band then. Yep, they were. They were a self-professed Brighton band. At least I know two of them. I think Orlando and Hugo were 
studying at the University of Brighton. Yep. Uh, fine art, I believe he all did. Did he? Yeah. He might have even been on my campus. Yeah. I never knew that, and that's so exciting. He wouldn't have been on your campus. No, oh, not at the, not same, at the time, same time, but, but yeah. as in, like, he, might, he walked to those halls. Oh, yeah. Um, so they were very much a Brighton band. They they loved it. They, yeah. my Someone said to me earlier, my friend Tom, him, it's their spiritual home. Yeah. And I think they have kind of moved away from that maybe a little. Yeah. But for us, certainly, Brighton is there. We'll always hold them as our own, yes. whether they want to run away from us They're or Brighton not. boys. Like, on, guys. you know, when you're little and you have, like, a pet that you love so much that you just squeeze it and it just like, wants to get away. <laughs> yeah. It's like scrambling away. It's like, I'm, I'm an East London band. We're like, no, you're Brighton. <laughs> you're Brighton, boys. <laughs> Don't we not? <laughs> um, so on to All of Arms. Yes. Second album. Yeah. And supposedly the difficult one. Yeah. To go on your second album. They couldn't have made it look easier. Yeah, and I'm, I'm annoyed again because I've got to pick one song. I'm genuinely just really pissed off <laughs> because I want to pick ten. Uh, most of this podcast is me looking at the <laughs> names of the songs going off. I just have to pick one. I am going to go with Can You Give It? I mean, I've it was between that and one hand holding. The reason why I'm going with Can You Give It? Firstly, the album, the sorry, the video for it. Have you seen it? Yeah, of course. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so what paint, say at the beginning? Paint the picture for people who don't know. So, in, I believe, the west of England, somewhere. I think it's like Cornwall or Devon or something yeah, like that. They do this thing where they roll cheese down a hill. And people from the top have to catch the cheese. And like this, this is, is we're not ta- yeah we're not talking like just a little slant and a big a massive cheese as well. Yeah, big roller cheese. How did this happen? England is the weirdest place ever. Nowhere um, else in the world would you get a massive cheese rolled it down a really steep hill. Everyone go and break your necks and chase it. And it really is dangerous. People are doing well. They're breaking their necks. Yeah, literally. <laughs> You need to watch this video, and if you can't find this, which you will be able to, it's in um, the public YouTube. domain. Yeah. It's yeah. Can you give it? It's got a picture of a guy. It looks like he's wearing like a bike, uh, motorbike jacket. Yeah. Um. And at the beginning, he says this quote about uh, putting the kettle in the fridge or something. Maybe we should just uh, <laughs> put in the audio yeah. in the beginning of the video, and then listen to the beginning of the song. Stick in a bit of the audio now. Cheese gets up to 70 miles an hour, and the one year I was in line with the cheese getting down the hill. The second year I won it, I won't, I was, wasn't knocked out, but I took a big bang to the head and had a concussion. And the next day at work, I put the kettle in the fridge and in a glass factory, you're not allowed to be in that condition.
So we yeah. just watched the video and hopefully you did too. Yeah. The moment when he f- he falls <laughs> and then just in his stride just he like, gets He back like flips up. and somehow keeps walking, the, gut, yeah. the cheese chasing guy. He just digs his heel in and oh, just keeps going. It's so, so good. And in a glass factory, you're not allowed to be in that condition. <laughs> um, well, well, I also love it. I think it's such a perfect reflection of the Maccabees in that like, they never really cared about being cool. Mm. That's not a cool video. No. It's just interesting and funny and weird and intriguing and unique. And it's like... like Was that the lead single from the second album? I think so, yeah. So it's like, right, the record company are like, right, we need to come back and make a bang and we need like a really big video. And like, yeah. and they're like... Do you know like in Cornwall people chase like cheese down the hill? <laughs> well, let's go and interview the guy who does that and make that our video. Brilliant. They, they had some big singles from that album, actually, looking through. But um, also another thing, when I saw them live, it starts with... And he kind of... They get people clapping and stuff. Yeah. And Felix is always at the end. And he's like... And when, when this song kicks in, and you know when it is, I want everyone to jump up and down. Yeah. And then they do that annoying thing that bands do or something. It looks like they're coming into it, and they just go... Yeah. And they just kind of... They, they keep you guessing. Yeah. But then it's great when you just see the everyone you're with just jumping at yeah. once at the same time. So I want everyone to jump at exactly the same time. Because um, it's got like... Um, it's, you know, it, obviously it's not like a dance track at all, but it's absolutely got a drop. Like yeah. the, the last can you give it before the... Like it properly kicks in. That is such a huge drop. And when you see it live, everyone goes mental for that moment. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So, just like you, very, very, very difficult to um, to pick something from this. Mm. I think, uh, although, like you say, you were going into college at the time this came out, um, there were a few things that were kind of important to me when this album came out. I It was my first ever festival. I went with Jack to Reading 2009, and we saw the Maccabees there. Um, and this album had just come out. I've got to be honest, my most abiding memories of their set are still first album tracks. So Latchmere, I remember really going off. It was in the enemy tent right at the back of the, uh, the arena. But I, you know, it was just so perfect and the timing was so perfect, but also, uh, it came out just as I went into my first year of uni and we had this, um, I did design. And I was absolutely obsessed with the album cover for this. Yeah. Which, if people haven't seen yeah. it, it's it's all the members of the Maccabees stood there, and there's this artist whose name I forget, but this is what she does. She puts, like, thick acrylic paint on the top of actual people or things. Yeah. Um, so it looks like a weird kind of waxwork. We've got it up on the bed. Me. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um but it's so cool, and I was absolutely obsessed with it. The first project we had was to do something like 1950s themed or like 1950s 
influence or something that happened in the 1950s. Something like that anyway. Um, And me being me, I love Adidas. So I did like a Adidas thing. They'd started mass producing a certain trainer. I can't even remember what it was now in the 50s. So I did like a promotional poster for that. Um, But I wanted to do like a pop art take on it. So, you know, you know, those like classic, like flying ducks people have above a mantelpiece. Yeah. I did like Adidas trainers version of that on top of like a little sort of fireplace thing that I built and took a photo of. But to get like that ceramic look, I absolutely ripped off the technique from this album cover. Really? I got these like little plimsolls from um, Primark and covered them in acrylic paint and like painted Adidas stripes on it because... And it wasn't because I was a huge fan of the arts, it was because of the Maccabees. So, like, it just shows how the influence of them just kind of seeps into every part of your I life. I remember when this album came out and we were just having discussions with people like, no, that's that's them under there. And people were like, no, it's just a painting. Yeah. Or or it's just a mod. Or they've, like, painted a bit and then, like, got them out of it or something. No one could really understand what it was all about. You had yeah, because it looks so the, weird. You had to artist. really research it, yeah. Yeah. Because I did the same. I wasn't like I wasn't just in the know straight away. I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, and it's so cool. And it's you know, it's such an interesting uh, transition from the first album. So you've got like uh, Orlando's hand drawn illustrations on color it in, yeah, and then all of a sudden you get them in these like kind of technicolor yeah. jackets on this white background, and they look totally bizarre. And it's just like it's just brilliant. Again, everything about them, their aesthetic, their everything is always just unique and brilliant and just having fun with stuff and... yeah and just being into what they're into and um so yeah that they're kind of my abiding memories of the album but the song i'm gonna pick is the one that i remember listening to it the album the first time through for the ever and what stood out to me most was no kind words i love a song that um builds up to something it's a similar reason why um, Spanish Sahara is my favourite Foles song. This kind of starts, not slow, it's got, it's a bit more ominous than the beginning of Spanish Sahara, obviously, but it it builds up into a real crescendo. And I love it for that. And I just think it's so good. And every time I've seen it live, it's been one of my highlights of their set. So it's no kind of words. So after Wall of Arms, I had a three-year gap, pretty much. Too long. It was January 2012 that we finally got given to the wild. So I had moved into college after into the second album, and then I was halfway through my first year of uni by the time I've given to the wild. Yeah, and I was... It's interesting because for me, of all the Maccabees albums, this is the one I connected the least. Right. Purely because I think 
when it came out, I was preoccupied. It was the run-up to my uh, final major exhibition and everything else at uni. I wasn't really that kind of... It was a time in my life when music was less important. There was less of a focus. So you might have to say the lead on this one because there's certainly tracks on it I love and it's certainly an album I love. But in terms of kind of key memories that are attached to it or whatever, not quite the same. Well, I, I never like to take the lead, but... Um... <laughs> Certainly, Given to the Wild was probably one of the ones that I connected the most, funnily yeah. enough. Because it was at a period, and hopefully a lot of you can understand this, when you go off from home to university, and you've, I think I was about five or six months in, at a time of being a little, still a little bit, I wouldn't say lonely, I know what you mean. You're you're sort of um, you're away from home. You're not used to anything, and you're kind of a little bit unsure of yourself still. Yeah, and you're some, learning many many things, and sometimes like having that constant to grab onto. It's like I'm not quite sure who I am right now, but I know I still love the Maccabees, and I yeah. know they've got a new album out, and I know I think it's brilliant. And I sat and I listened to it every single day since it came out, and people hated me because I had the, like the biggest speakers in. So I used to live in university halls. Yep. And so imagine this place used to be a mental asylum or something like that. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like a prison. Yeah. Um, so it's this big building with about 50-odd rooms, and all of them are occupied. So I'm sitting there playing the album non-stop on these big floor speakers, like these big, like, three-foot-tall floor speakers. Um people didn't like me and I, I remember trying to get <laughs> I remember trying to get everyone to come to the tour and like this <laughs> always kind of annoyed me but um about six people bought tickets and I was in the end I was the only one that went really yeah I don't know whether those people actually ever bought the tickets or whether they just lied because they wanted to make me happy <laughs> I just wanted you to shut up yeah <laughs> because the gig was in I think May or June so it would have been yeah. Ages anyway, and I just remember no one, no one ever went. I, I, they either sold them off or they just didn't go and just <laughs> they paid money anyway. Or well, you but, just got absolutely pranked. Well, it's fine because I was going with Jack and Alyssa and some other people anyway. Um, but I really, the thing is about me when I really love something, I try really hard to get people to like it as well. Yeah, and because you think it means that they like you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I want to, I like to share things. Um, and if there's something I really love, I want people to love it the same amount as me. Yeah, I agree. But then if they, I, they, I exactly if I think they do love it, then I might, you don't like it as much as me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, just look at the absolute state of us presenting a music podcast. This is what exactly. we're building our weeks around. Exactly. We like things like it too. You should like it. Yeah. Um, so I just really wanted them to like it. And these are all people that I was getting close to and being, becoming friends with. Yep. So I just thought it was important for them to understand that this was a huge part of me. Like, I'm not... I guess it was a way of kind of saying, I want you to understand me. So yeah. here's something that I absolutely adore. And I want you to... And if they didn't go in the end, I probably would have been a bit annoyed because I'd be like, oh, I, does that mean you don't want to know me? Or does yeah, it, of course. But no, it's just they didn't like the music. <laughs> um, which is fair enough. But it does... It, when you're really precious about something and i've yeah. definitely had that with a lot of things whether yeah. it's you know uh whether it's music or books or movies or whatever it is if you really love something 
and then someone says they don't think it's good, it's like, oh, you you basically just said I'm stupid then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, That's how you feel, it yeah. It is. Absolutely. And um, this album, because after going through, it would have been, so it would have been five years. Imagine that, just pretty much listening to them all the time for five years. Especially when you take into consideration the age we were. So that's, you know, if you're 20, that's a quarter of your life. Mm. And most of your kind of what you consider as your mature life, the Maccabees have been in it. So it's like, it's not, just, it's not insignificant. It's kind of... I always remember Given to the Wild feeling like this is the first time a band I truly love is changing. Mm. And knowing that whatever they do, you you want to get on board with it. So you're going to give it the time of the day. Yeah. The time I... of day. And it was around Christmas, so it's really nice. I have albums that I listened to over that time, I seem to remember a lot. Like yeah. Bon Iver was, I started to get into Bon Iver when, I, when this album came out. So I always remember that. And I remember thinking, this is very different. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's more, it's bigger. Yeah. They started, they certainly started to evolve and Mm. grow. And it's funny, only now with today's news do I kind of now look at it with a bit of sadness in a way, in that I think, uh, the evolution and the growth that we all got really, really excited for with this album. Yeah. It felt like the beginning of like a five album journey. Like I for me, Colour It In and Wall of Arms kind of sit together. I know there was an evolution into Wall of Arms. Yeah. But they're I think two kind of I see them as early Maccabees albums. And then they kind of me moved too. on and evolved. And now I look at uh, Given to the World and think it looks like the start of a journey that never quite got finished to me. Mm. And that's really sad. <laughs> that kind of sucks to feel like that. It does. I, I have this... I'll get onto this at the end. Yep. But, um, I was going to pick Feel to Follow. Mm-hmm. I'm not because I've I've played it before. People love it. The reason why I haven't told this story and again, I might have done in the first episode that we might not have played it, but I came into Brighton with uni friends, showing them around. I think only one of them had been before, the rest hadn't. We went to this little club, and I got the D- I asked the DJ to play a Maccabee song. And just as we were leaving, Fields of Volo comes on. And I go a little bit too mad. And just start kind of flailing my arms around. He's gone mad. Running in circles. Being an idiot. Bouncing off the walls. Just amazed that a DJ has played a song that I wanted. Yeah. But this song as well. Like you, Did you just request a Maccabee song? I think I requested a Maccabee song. But at the time, obviously, at the end of 2012, this was the big hit at the time. So he, this is the one he had. Um, but he played Field to Follow. Um... It was a huge song. Yeah. I guess we'll play a little bit. This isn't my choice, but we'll play a little bit so you can imagine at night leaving a club and just seeing some guy running around in circles <laughs> to this song. I wasn't there, but in my head, it's like, um, you know, when a fly kind of gets caught in your room and it's like running into walls and yeah. windows. and like, <laughs> It's like, that's you and running just, around a club. Just like... <laughs> 
every now and then, just in the corner of my eye, seeing all these all my mates cross-armed in disapproval. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, what's he doing? Yeah. We we're, were leaving. What the fuck? Yeah, we've all been there. Oh, it was brilliant. But in that moment of euphoria when you're just listening to something you adore so much, you don't even care. You really don't. Oh, I didn't. I, I did it for the whole song until the end, and everyone was just leaving. I was like, all right, I'm coming. <laughs> um, so smack on a little bit of filter photo just to give people an idea. As much as I love that song you've just heard, and it is a cracker, epic. I'm choosing the last song of this album, Grew Up At Midnight. It's stunning. It's it's quiet. Again, it builds. It's like it's a nice builder, like you like. It's a great way to end an album. And it's maybe, an, yeah, and it's maybe a nice contrast to what we've played so far as well, I would say. Yeah. Because um, most of them Especially, have been the kind of more up. Uh, yeah. Maccabee songs and this is slightly the other and as people would have said that this album is very different to everything else yeah this this one is one of the ones that people would say yeah this is this is different yeah so just gonna get into it grew up at midnight beautiful we grew up at midnight fair to say coming back from that we both feel a bit emotionally drained I think uh, for me the more emotional Maccabee songs feel very difficult to listen to today and that is one of them the lyrics the lyrics feel like it could be about us listening to them they knew this was coming they made this on purpose yeah they're arseholes yeah we were only kids then and now we're crying men my uh, kind of stories and anecdotes that I've given to the world aren't quite there as much as the other albums. So I'm just going to pick a song that uh, musically and aesthetically I loved most from from listening to the album numerous times. And it's fifth track. It's called Glimmer. Yeah. And I just think it's brilliant. I think it's genius, in fact. I don't really want or need to say anything more than that just I love it Let us and this is Glimmer do the talking
there, we waited another three years. I think just a bit over three years, and although I now realise looking through the catalogue, it was a relatively standard amount of time for a new McAfee's album, it felt incredibly long to me. Yeah, I remember, I remember at the time being like, seven, seven years we voted. <laughs> I was eight last time an album came out, what is this? And then the lead single, Marks to Prove It, came out mm. from the album of the same name. Mm. And I was so bloody excited. Yeah. I loved that track the minute it came. Sitting in my lounge. I think we, me and my brother put it up on YouTube. We were like, right, Jack, it's on there. Should we, we have to have a, we listen to it together. Yeah. The, the Mum was in there. She knows we're big fans. And put it on. I was like, oh, they're punky. Because, like, I mean, it's it's a, in terms of what we've been listening to on the podcast, you know, Glimmer is maybe a bit representative of the last album. And yeah. then, you know, you listen to the beginning of Mark's To Prove It, it's so far removed. Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. I, I tell you what, though, when I heard this, I thought this is what we were going to get for the whole album. And there's a yeah. few other big shout outs for it. So, like, Spit Out is very kind yeah. of big as well like that um but i'm really glad the mix of the mix the mix yeah. of the marks to prove album yeah i think some of the kind of last third of the album is yeah. probably my favorite yeah i was gonna i think the album might be my favorite yeah which it's like anything i mean can you pick a favorite but no but i was so happy with it yeah it was exactly what i wanted and more i was so so delighted um. Yeah, I just loved it. I, I yeah, I I can't put into words how much I loved it, it and it felt so long in coming. And again, to talk about you know where we had moved onto in our lives, I'd gone from kind of, um. Just leaving, well, in, just going into the final stretch of uni. To I was living in London, in my own flat with my girlfriend. I'd kind of grown up. In a lot of ways. Evidently, looking at my life now, not that much. <laughs> but at the time, it felt like I had. Um, and I was just so ready for this album. And it felt like they'd grown up as well. And mm. from what I understand, it had been a bit of a struggle for them to record the record. Yeah, they they'd, said it was a difficult one. They'd gone to Elephant and Castle, hadn't they? And yep. You maybe know more of the anecdotes of what had happened during that period, but well, it certainly I think wasn't an easy it. recording period. I actually talked about it in the siblings episode, the sibling rivalry a couple of weeks episode. ago. Um, so yeah, they've got a bit of history there, and it's been, it's it took him a while for this. I think they they had writing problems, bit of a writer's block. Yeah, but it certainly doesn't seem like that when you get the when you when we finally got the album. It's it, it I I was worried it might feel rushed. Yeah, like they've had to get something out, and it didn't feel like that at all. Not even a little. I bit. think that what we were hearing, like you say, it seemed longer than it actually was. Yeah, I think we were just getting a little bit worried, but actually, it was everything was just fine and dandy. Yeah, and it, you know, away from seeing the band live, this album also brought uh, a moment of happiness again that I haven't kind of, um, I've never felt for another act. Or uh, you know any other music I've loved, which was um, and actually you were the one who gave me the news, Harry. Before tracks 
before even we were I mean I've known you for about a billion years by now but we weren't regular texters no. during the period I was in London but you were the one who gave me the news that the album had gone to number one and I was out and I celebrated like I'd gone to number one I was just so happy that they'd done it yeah I felt such a sense of uh, pride and love and just I was just absolutely delighted that they'd done it and you know again to talk about in hindsight in some ways it feels perfect that the first album that hit number one was their last album but yeah yeah, just at the time when I found out, I'd bought the album twice. I'd paid for the download and then I'd bought the vinyl version as well. And mm. so I felt a bit part of it. I was like, oh, yeah. I got them there. Yeah. But it was just so good. I was trying to remember when the album came out and I do know it was after Glastonbury. Yeah. So it was July of 2015. And so I saw them at Glastonbury in June and I, I'd i heard of Marks to Prove It. And I'd, I think I'd heard... They were they were letting out little mini, yep. like snippets of songs. Ridiculously short. There was like yeah. five second videos on YouTube and we were all getting dead excited for them, never mind yeah. actual songs. Um and I think I'd heard I think Spit It Out just came out. Yeah. As a single. So I knew a little bit and they played maybe three three or maybe four songs from the new album. And obviously people don't really love that. I don't know if I've talked about it again, but I had an absolute terrible time at Glastonbury. <laughs> Not terrible. I cried so much through their whole set. I was I was a little odd. <laughs> um, I cried the whole way through. I absolutely loved it. I felt so proud to be fans of them. Yeah. And to, even though you know no one's the number one fan, and I'm not going to claim I am, but you feel that you are. It's about ownership. You think you, f- you feel part of it, and you yeah, feel, yeah, you feel like you're up there with them. Yeah. You're you can't I can't believe they're not all up there and ball balling. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching your football team win the league. Yeah. You know, it they're your guys and yeah. they're there killing it. It's I feel like if I was a if if my son or daughter was up there I would probably just die of a heart attack. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> yeah. But like you just them up there, it's just absolutely I absolutely loved it. And like we've said before, picking a song's hard. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with River Song. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> just kind of, obviously you go, when you get the new album, you just go through it, one, two, three, four, five. And I got to River Song, I was like, what is this? And it's got this big, like, um, with it's just got this big, like, kazoo solo part at yeah. the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know what that is I, I'm pretty sure it is a kazoo um, I abs- I thought it was a nice break in the record I think it's exactly in the middle it's number 6 of 12 or 11 sorry yeah so literally the very middle track yeah um, and it breaks it up really nicely because I mean yes the next slow sun is the next one that was going to be my other choice and then the next one was going to be my other choice. <laughs> and the previous five were also... But it, it it does split up. Yeah. So the last kind of... The last half of the album is kind of... Like you said, I love all of it, but the last half is probably my favourite. Okay. I love the way it starts and it it kind of builds and 
the first half is kind of a little heavier and a little weirder, and then the rest of it like a little bit slower. I don't, I don't know. I I really love the last half of this album. Yeah. I love the first two, absolutely. But it's got spit it out, and it's got marks to prove it, which are the kind of big singles of the album. Yeah. I don't even know. I think something like happiness was the next single, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, there's a little lyric in this. Uh, you're not getting any younger. Soldier on for another year. Tell yourself you're getting wiser. The truth is, the truth is, we've all done the same. Have they done and a? It's... Have they done a Bowie? Have they made an album about the end of the band? And just not told us. <laughs> I reckon so. They definitely have. Because uh, Dawn Chorus is the last song. Yeah, and we'll we'll get on. You know, we've already picked a song that we're going to end on, and it is from this album. Yeah, but again, it is just like it's about the bloody end of the Maccabees, and it's. Yeah. Oh God! They had the marks to prove it, and now they're now they're gone. Yeah. Um, let's give it a go. Yeah. River song. struggling with picking a song I, I think that goes to show the importance of this album for you yeah. like you've mentioned yeah and I think I think like I've alluded to it's one of the the albums where there isn't a song that stands out because no. I just I, it's one I just put on back to front I like I said it's more sections for me yeah and it doesn't it never peaks for me there's never a lot of albums that I really, really love by other artists, there's a song I'm kind of waiting for it to build up to, and then maybe it's like a little bit of a drop down from there. It really, really peaks with something. This just doesn't. You just kind of if I don't have ever one want it to song, end. I need the song after that. So yeah. if I listen to Silence, I need River Song. Yeah, exactly. and definitely World War One portraits. I need the next song after that. Yeah. I, I, I know how the album works. Yeah. I need to listen to it as an album. Yeah, exactly. So this kind of this thing of picking one song kind of feels a bit defunct yeah but I am going to pick one song because we have to just because yeah we have to and because I love it and it's going to be Kamakura yeah second track it's just great and what more can I say apart from Kamakura <laughs> play the song <laughs> no one says a word Seven years old, your best friends. Can-
also heartbreakingly for us that was it marks to prove it was it today on the Maccabees website on Twitter they put out the statement a message to our fans after 14 years as a band we've decided to call it a day the decision has obviously been an incredibly difficult one given that the Maccabees have been such a huge part of our lives until now we're very proud to be able to go out on our own terms at our creative peak and off the back of the best and biggest shows we've ever done. There have not been any fallings out and we are grateful to say that we are not leaving the group behind as a divorce, as a divided force. It has been a rare and absolutely incredible time that we all feel very lucky to have shared. And so on. So we've already talked about how we felt when we read those words those regrettable words but do you have any you know we've all got opinions and our opinion is obviously that we want them to keep going but what do you think of the fact that now is the time that they've uh, called it a day I think uh, the fact that they were struggling maybe with the last album and like we've mentioned well we haven't mentioned but we've talked about how they've been going for 14 years we only know them, have known them as a band really for nine to ten. Yeah, you don't know about the stuff beforehand. It's probably the hardest part: getting known, getting seen. Um, I think maybe it was taking a toll on them after the third album. Maybe the fourth was always a struggle. I mean, they were getting to the ages where they've got relationships. They've got. I don't actually know if they have. I mean, they're all children. Yeah, I mean, they're all them. late twenties, early thirties now. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. As it's... far as I know, none of them have kids. I don't I mean, think Felix so. might. I. Yeah. Speculating, but I don't think so. Yeah, we really don't. I'm actually amazed that I don't know a little bit more about their personal lives. Yeah. Um, but. You know, they're not Kim K. They don't get pictures yeah. taken of them all the time. We don't know everything about them. Although I would absolutely buy a selfies book of yeah. any single Maccabee. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> um, 500 pages of selfies. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think maybe being a Maccabee, being part of the Maccabees, as much as they love it, maybe they wanted to try something else. Maybe the, the other, other plans they had wouldn't work if they stayed with the Maccabees. There could be a, a, a massive... A, a plethora of reasons as to why they've called it a day. Yeah. The sad thing for me is that, you know... You thought they had more. Yeah. Like like I've mentioned before about the albums, I felt like they're just progressing and progressing and progressing, and there was nothing in the last album that made me think anything other than the next one's going to be even better. And also, in terms of where they're going as kind of a live act... You know, headlining Latitude this year was a huge step for them to headline a festival of that size. And I think, uh, you know, when I when I look at, say, Foles or, you know, Tame Impala, people like these who look like they're on a trajectory where they're probably going to end up, you know, headlining a Glastonbury. Head, you know, that kind of level. Yeah. That's where I thought the Maccabees were heading to. And, you know... After the Latitude gig this year, it wouldn't have been a at all a surprise had they headlined Reading and Leeds next year. And then the next step is, you know, to be a, to be a Glastonbury headliner. And I, 
I really truly believe they are good enough and had enough do you reckon they maybe thought they should be them. there I don't know because they never seemed like they had big egos you know it never no. you never got the feeling that they thought oh we should have got further than we are you know whenever I've heard them talk about you know relative successes say being nominated for a Mercury Prize they've always seemed very humble about it and just delighted to have that recognition so I'd you know, maybe they do. Maybe they think we have peaked and we're not going to get any more popular. But they feel to me like a band who still had legs and would were only getting better. I I agree. I I honestly think the reason why and speculation. I think they've just there's five of them. Yeah, it's going to be upset. Yeah, but upsetting. As we say, we are not. The only ones who are mourning this sad loss. And we, earlier on Twitter, asked people to let us know um, know, what they were wanting to hear on this sad day. We also spoke to people we know about what they were, you know, what were their Maccabees track? You know, if you had to pick one. And we're going to run through a few shout outs and, you know, a few little bits of songs that people are going to cry over tonight <laughs> yeah. um, so first up we have a dear friend of mine Kayla and she wasn't sure whether to go for love you better or happy faces so please you pick which one of them we're going to play a little bit of now me? yeah oh well Kayla I apologise <laughs> if I pick the wrong one we've never met there've been, there's two here and I, I, I wouldn't I, I would hazard I would go for I'm, happy faces. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go happy faces. Yeah. Because just if they if you ever get to see them if you do go to their one of their farewell gigs. Um, yeah, we should say that they in the final statement as much as there was all the sadness, they did say there will be farewell gigs yeah. and I feel like if I can possibly it depends I don't know how many there will be. No. But I don't really want to miss any of them. Yeah. I'm I will travel the globe to be at the very last one. Yeah. Because I just can't... I feel like I can't imagine them walking off stage for the last time and us not being there. Yeah. That just feels wrong. There'll be an encore, and then at the end of that we'll be like, just clap more and they'll have to come on and just keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Perpetual. <laughs> um, I... Yeah. Happy faces. If you ever get to see them, then they will hopefully play this and happy face She wants to hear Diamond Solitaire, which I was absolutely oh, delighted to see that selection because <laughs> it's a classic. And again, we're, we're staying in the first album. So easy to play on guitar. Yeah. It's two chords, I think. <laughs> but it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know if it's easy. I can't play it. It is. 
but it's genius. You could play it. So let's listen to a little bit of that. Give it a go. She wants a sweet little antique Diamond solitaire To ensure she won't forget me Who wants a sweet little antique Diamond solitaire To ensure she won't forget me Who wants a sweet little antique Diamond solitaire To ensure she won't forget me She pushes her nose against the glass and stares so coming from my man Tom, he wants to hear, and I couldn't agree more, the cover that they did of Walking in the Air. It's a great shout. I mean, we I think like a 2012 Christmas. This was so we've uh, previously on the cover versions episode spoken about the fact that they are quite brilliant with their choices of covers whenever they yeah. do them on radio appearances or whatever. Uh, they actually released this, didn't they? And yeah. um, it's really good. It's amazing. I, it's, it's my Christmas song every every year. Now. I remember when I used to work at uh, Marks and Spencer's, um, driving home. I think it might have been Christmas Eve. I was giving a few people a lift. And I put it on, and everyone was just like in hysterics because it's really, really funny. Yeah. Like, but really good as well. Insanely good. Yeah. Well, I know just absolutely pulls it off somehow. The fact that they've what a choice. they make it like a bit haunting as well like, yeah like, oh yeah it's not it's dark but like the original's not like that no although if you're my older sister Louise the snowman that that comes from for her when she's a kid creepy. scariest film you've ever seen <laughs> she'd, she'd be behind the sofa <laughs> immediately <laughs> it is a little creepy so we also got an email from one of our listeners Grace who is in France so that's kind of exciting we are international at this stage um, and her request was the title track of the second album Wall of Arms lovely I woke up with the loved ones eyes upon me Love one's arms around me We've had an email from Rakesh Who wants bicycles? Bicycles First from album first again First album, yeah Interestingly popular first album Yeah Lots of requests from it uh, Rakesh is from India as well so, we're getting Bloody around hell. the world. We are we are 
spanning continents at this stage. <laughs> this is incredible. Slap it on, Tim. Last request. Um, apologies to anyone who sent in a request and theirs hasn't made the cut. We have a certain cutoff point. We have to stop recording. Harry has an editing job to do. Yeah. But this is from my friend and yours, Emma, and it is Pelican. <laughs> So soon we're too old to carry And we knew it, and we knew it And we knew we only had a little while In the middle, in the middle, in the middle Just keep ticking over and Before you know it, before you know it Before you know it, parent to parent So that's been a lot of choices um, From us and from the listeners and maybe people who have listened to this didn't know the Maccabees before. And they've got to this point and think, wow, they're really great. Yeah. Amazing. Maybe even some songs you listen to and think, I can't believe that's the same band. Because if you've not been here for the yeah, journey, you might through think... many years of different sounding things. Yeah. But I thought I was going to cry today, Tim. There's still time because we both know the song we're going out on. Oh, God. And I... It, I... Can, I can I be completely honest? I did... I was holding back genuine tears. When I was tantalisingly close. I even had to like do that thing where you know you, you wipe the top of your. You have to like take the yeah. tears away. They're just they're just teetering on the edge, and you're like, no, no, it's not. That I was bad. okay. I was just in shock. But then I I put the newest album, Mark Spruer, on, and it was just going through, and I was fine. And I was fine. And I was just thinking, oh, this really sucks. And then silence came on, and I just felt emotion wash over me it's really i mean it's a super sad song anyway really touching and moving i think you know a little bit more about the backstory to the song i think hugo wrote it about his mother yeah and it was felix's mother as well yeah who passed away when they were quite a lot younger i think yeah and uh, i think there's an article about if you want to actually go and read yeah they both uh they both wrote an article about the same thing for the guardian i believe or was yeah. it the telegraph one or of the two. Ru- yeah that, an interview or an article was written about it yeah yeah i can't um, remember exactly they um, both wrote the same about the same thing because it's very interesting to read their two yeah yeah, yeah. um pieces side by side yeah um but an amazing song and like a lot of the things we've listened to today um Absolutely not about Maccabees fans losing the Maccabees at all. No. But it kind of feels like it is when it you does. listen to I it. I mean, it's silence. There's going to be silence from the Maccabees forever now. Yeah. Apart from what they've already made. And that's what we've, I guess, to take from all of this. They have a catalogue for us to listen to. I, was, I still have so much to remember from them. Yeah. There is nothing else to come from the Maccabees anymore. 
maybe maybe in the future but we, i'm not we gonna can dream for it. <laughs> yeah it's not gonna happen um but oh, mean, can i just quickly say we put a tweet out saying i realize it's been a year so i said it's a birthday of mark's approve it and i think my words were can't wait to see what the boys have to come and the Maccabees liked it and i was like wicked <laughs> Literally two days later, <laughs> it's all over. It's all gone <laughs> now. Uh, so there's nothing more to come from the boys. Yeah, but uh, but they remain our boys. And they will always be our boys, and we will support them through their next endeavors. And we are proud of them for getting yeah to here, and we love them. Yeah. So to wrap up the episode, apologies if it was. A bit much for people who aren't super yeah, I'm fans. I'm sure they're not listening anymore. But um, And apologies if we just rambled a bit, but we really couldn't let this release date go without paying tribute. Yeah. They've been really important to us. Lit- I don't think it's an overstatement to say uh, if the Maccabees didn't exist, tracks probably wouldn't exist. Our lives would be so different that there's almost, I think, no chance that we'd be sat here right now doing this podcast. I genuinely might not be into the same kind of music as you if I didn't have the Maccabees. Yeah. They they took me onto a path. Yeah. So, thank you. We've finished a previous episode with ABBA, Thank You for the Music. And it could be fitting here as well. We're not going to play it. Yeah. But it is true. Thank you, the Maccabees. Thank you so much. Yeah, just thank you from the bottom of our hearts and we love you and the best of luck with everything. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. We're going to play silence and just... Drink until the night's done. Yeah. And then edit it. Yeah, thank you. This is Silence. Thought I'd find it easier Under lock, chain and key Thought I'd find it easier To just keep
Break the silence. 